Welcome to Side Talks. Wow, that's you did bring some energy this time with musical guest, the Foo Fighters. I don't, oh, know, I I don't even to know do how to, a, I don't even know how to follow that. Trying to do a Saturday Night Live thing. I wish I could do like a good Dave Grohl, but I can't. That's not even that's not even a good Dave Grohl though. I don't know. Dave's what? just kind of Bleh. like a, he's just like a dad. Like I don't know how to talk like a dad. Dave Grohl at this point is just like a dad man. He's just like a guy. Just like a dude. He's like, yeah, I'm really excited about rock and roll, everybody. Woo. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, we're this is side talks to talk about Dave Grohl and you know other fighters of foo. That is what this podcast is about. Oh man, we'd probably get more listeners if it were this the Dave Grohl podcast. Doesn't Dave Grohl have a podcast? Probably. Yeah, I feel he's like, also like he the, doesn't he, need our help. He's the Ryan Seacrest of rock and roll. He's got like fifty jobs. Yeah, he's he's busy enough, and he 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 makes sure his name is is out there pretty constantly. He doesn't For need sure. our help. But who For the sure. hell are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. Cool. I'm Corey Kraft. Not Courtney Love. Speaking of Dave Grohl, a name he won't mention. I I did anybody has anybody ever confused you with Courtney Love? Yeah, I'm not gonna say. Okay. All right. Let's talk about movies. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello? Bross, can you hear us? Oh my gosh, I can. Woo! Party. What's going on, dude? Technical issue city. Sorry. Oh, it's okay, man. So, hey, we're, you know what, we're calling you. We're, we want to, we want to hear about what you've been watching. Of course. Of course. Um, well, you know exactly what I've been watching. I do, but I'm trying to keep were... it secret. I'm trying to keep it I secret. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, you were there for this. So, yeah, Rachel and I watched a couple of films this weekend. Um, I had never seen this. I never even really heard of this. I was very unaware of this. But um, it's called The Deep End of the Ocean. Corey, do you know this one? You know, you definitely <sighs> Wait, know it, okay. Corey. Is, is this a Michelle Pfeiffer movie? Yes. Heck Yeah. I've never seen it. Treat Williams. Good old treat. Good old treat. (laughs) Good old treat. Um, And then I guess the you know the the shining star would be Whoopi. She's in it. Oh, weird. And do you want to let Corey know what Whoopi's name is in this? Yeah, that was definitely in my notes. Okay, so Whoopi is a detective, (laughs) and um, she even makes a comment at one point that she is a black female gay detective so uh-huh. you know cards are stacked against her things are you know she's you know <laughs> oh, whoopee. um and her name in all seriousness and they never address why this is her name but her name in this movie is candy bliss <laughs> okay like, Corey, i need you to know this is a melodrama this is not a this is not a comedy this is the, no. you, you heard the title it's like it doesn't it's like letting you know it doesn't get any darker than this it's the deep end of the fucking ocean oh my god and we've got a detective we've got Whoopi goldberg playing a lesbian detective named candy bliss candy bliss yep. nobody raises an eyebrow at that okay candy bliss they're just like oh candy and like, yeah uh-huh cb also, as i like okay, to call her sure the family is, um, their last name's like Capodaro or something, and they open an Italian restaurant, and they're very Italian, and yet his name is Pat. The Treat, Treat Williams' name is Pat. So there's a few things where I'm like, who, what do these names mean? Um, so, yeah, so, okay, well, I, uh, Rachel had seen this, but I guess it'd been a long time, but I, well, I had no idea. I was in for a treat, no pun intended, <laughs> pun intended, pun intended, pun intended. Um, um, okay, well, I, I, there's going to be some spoilers, because I guess if you haven't seen this movie that's from 1999, you know, I'm so sorry. But, like, okay, y'all, this, do you, so do you remember this, Corey, that this kid got taken? 
I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was either a missing kid movie or a kid, I mean, maybe I just thought this because of the title, like a kid who drowned and like the family was like, oh, our kid drowned and now we're sad about it sort of movie. Yeah, that definitely seems really logical thinking there for sure. Yeah. Um, but okay, so she, so they go, like, I don't know why they took their whole family to this high school reunion, but she was checking in at this high school reunion and had all her kids with her in the lobby and then one of them, the older brother was supposed to hold the hand of the little brother and, you know, whatever, all of a sudden the little kid's missing and i mean for real i was like what what happened was very engaged in this like where did he go what happened you know it was i was captivated and um this kid is missing for nine years and then um spoiler alert like i said he um he randomly shows up he he happens to live two blocks away from them they had moved at some point and now he lives two blocks away from them and he came by to mow their lawn to ask about mowing their lawn and the michelle pfeiffer's like oh that's my baby. And she knew it was him, you know? And I guess the mother always knows. And so, yeah. So apparently the guy lives a couple blocks away, the sweet man named George and his wife. He's Greek. Came with, with this child. Um, and <laughs> like, he just thought it was her kid, you know, but this woman, <laughs> this child, so this woman went to high school with Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, they apparently knew her. And there's really not a lot of development for this woman other than that she's kind of mean to them. And they, you know, they didn't like her. And they sort of made a comment about her when they saw her in the lobby. Like, that's all we know. Turns out she um, stole her, this Michelle Pfeiffer's <laughs> son in the lobby of this hotel for years. And then, you know, meets this man, married him, this and that. And then she eventually kills herself. And then this sweet man has this dead lady's son and raises them as his own and he's had them for years and then all of a sudden he has to give them back to the family a couple blocks away it was like what i kept feeling so bad for george he's the name of the um the second father i guess you could say and i mean poor george like wow you know can you imagine um and so i mean there's just so much going on and it was yes heavy drama and there was a lot of um there was a lot of brotherly basketball bonding and a, a lot, lot of, of Michelle Pfeiffer sleeping. Mm. I'd say for oh, a yeah. good 45 minutes of this is just her being depressed because the kid is gone. So she completely alienates the rest of the family and just sleeps a lot. Yeah. And, and, and until know, Candy Bl- until, and, and has like lunches with Candy Bliss every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of um, brown and plaid clothing. And, you know, I don't think the movie is exclusively happening in fall time. I think it's just, I mean, was that just a thing that happened a lot in 1999? The brown the never and ending plaid? falls. Never ending falls. It, it always yeah, feels like fall. fall. You know, we did actually look at some old pictures of Rachel this weekend. And <laughs> she had, she, we found a photo of her wearing an all brown ensemble as recently as 2007. <laughs> Uh, I don't so. think my brown ensemble from 07 is a good gauge for why this film is so <laughs> layered and plaid, but I appreciate that. Well, I mean, it was the latter years of the Clinton administration. Most colors had been prohibited. And- we were all inspired by Hillary. Oh. Um, yeah, there you, you know. Go. I, and what's funny about this film is there are a number of interesting ways this thing could have gone. I mean, it really, truly, it's uh-huh. a melodrama. I appreciate that. This could have been a film in which the kid down the street shows up at the door and Michelle Pfeiffer thinks it's her kid because sure. she's having some kind of a, you know, a reaction, mental, insta- right. you know, yeah. because of the loss of her kid. It it could have been that. It could have been it could have been that Michelle Pfeiffer discovers that she's a lesbian and has an affair with Candy Bliss. Because they were walking down a- the street at one point and they looked like a really good couple. 
Yeah, there were many directions this could have taken, but instead it said, I feel like the writer here went, you know what let's do, actually? Let's take the absolute most fucking implausible possible direction we could take. Let's do that. And I'm sorry, you you said that the the kid and his, you know, stepdad, I guess you could say, his his second family, they lived in the same town just a couple streets away. That's right. Well, but only for the last couple of years, okay. apparently. Right. So they had moved um, from, and that's why she said, too, when he came up to ask about mowing the lawn, she's like, well, he didn't recognize this house because we they had moved. So they I had see. moved. So, but still, it had been a couple of years. And at one point, the older brother kind of alluded to having seen this kid in the yard playing, you know, at his house nearby and, and had sort of almost kind of suspected, like, does he know him? You know, so so the older, older brother had a touch of an inkling for the last couple of years. And then Michelle's like, why didn't you tell me he was so nearby all this time? And, you know, melodrama. This yeah. is some wild shit. It is some wild shit. It is some absolutely wild shit. And also, this is the other thing is to Lisa's point where she's like, I guess a mother knows, you know, I, I, I've seen pictures of myself, and I definitely know what my brother looked like when we were... How old is the kid when he goes missing? Two or three? Three. He was three. The difference between what happens at three and then eight years later is a game fucking changer. Yes. So, you know, I I don't know that I would have recognized my brother, uh, uh, other than the fact that he looks just fucking like me. <laughs> and I would have been like, what is that doppelganger walking down the street? But other than that, I don't think I would have recognized my brother, you know, from the eight, compa- and comparatively speaking. Wow. And, you know, too, the fact that he's three when he gets taken, like, wouldn't you, I don't know much about kids, but I don't know, don't they kind of, wouldn't he say, you're not my mom, like, where's my family? Wouldn't he be, I know you don't remember a whole lot from that era, but, I mean, I don't know, wouldn't, I mean, I've never been a child that was stolen, stolen good, but isn't that just, I don't know, somebody that knows about child brains, let me know, like, (laughs) the three-year-olds know when their family is swapped in front of their faces, like, you know, and that poor man, he had no idea, he no clue that this kid was, yeah, exactly, it was stolen good. Poor George. Oh, I was so sad about that. You were, you were really broken up. You were really <laughs> broken up about George. And, I mean, George is a sad sack because here he is. He's, he's his wife, uh, who apparently he has a kid that he thinks is hers, right? And his wife k- kills herself. And then the son turns out to be an abducted child. And, and then get essentially taken from him no. back to the family. And but he's just living alone two streets away. Yeah. And um, he's, he goes back over there, back and forth, and he's trying to decide, like, which family to choose and all this. And, I mean, we like we kind of said at the end that maybe in the, in the future that we don't get to see, but in the future of these families, maybe they're all become friends. And, like, George is over at Thanksgiving, and they're, you know, it's like my two dads and my mom and all these people. You know? I don't know. That's what I like to hope. But... I guess we'll never see the deeper end of the ocean, part two. Um, just so Unless you, that's in production, and I don't know about it. I mean, I would love that. Uh, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer is also an amateur photographer, or maybe even a professional. She's a professional photographer. And there's a oh, lot you of. Remember that whole family? Yes. Yeah, there, there's yeah. a random weird shit where, like, a friend comes, you know, she's been sleeping and she's been laying in bed for, you know, two years or something. And so the <laughs> friend comes over and is like, I need you to take a photograph of this Chinese family. And it's her friend's way of pulling her out of bed and getting her refocused on, you know, uh, on her craft. And so, but why this is the particular, so yeah, and then I cut to Michelle Pfeiffer taking pictures of, of yeah, an Asian family. And then, <laughs> and then cut to now she's a photographer again and she can't stop taking photographs all the time. 
And so then there's yeah, a, there's it, a creepy sequence where she takes pictures of the of who yeah. we, is her oh son in the yard mowing the grass. Mm. Yeah, there, the day he shows up because she wanted to get images <laughs> so she could take them back to Candy, and then they compared those pictures that she took to the um you know the software where you future age someone you know. <laughs> And they were like, well, it sure looks like him. And, and yeah, so, yeah, she was, like, creepily taking photos of this child mowing their lawn from, from the window of the house. And the age but, progression you know, does look like him because, Corey, it's a photograph of the fucking actor. No, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Those age progressions apparently were really, have been really stellar. Uh, for a while because it was just straight up a photo of the fucking actor in the film. I just looked this up on Wikipedia to to see the cast and uh, it tells me that there was an alternate ending to this movie because uh, the, the ending was a reshoot to a conventional happy ending because the original ending was, quote, too grim. Too but grim. I, I read that too. I can't find any information about what the original ending was. Like you know some I sort of like agree. crazy murder I, suicide situation i mean it might be because the other brother's bad right mm. so the other brother's sneaking out and he just happens to drop at some point a mention about how he's out hot wiring cars which i was like let's pause for a second on that when there's a teenager out hot wiring cars that's you know i was a bad kid but that's some next level yeah that's pretty bad yeah so i mean he's 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 rough and tumble and bad so i, I bet he and remember that there's a scene too where michelle pfeiffer's kind of looking at old photographs and and recognizes that the older son has kind of always been nasty i think that's what we're supposed to get from that one scene lisa where that he's in yeah. the picture kind of snarling and so yeah, i yeah, bet he, i bet yeah. this grim ending was him doing something terrible yeah and, him doing something yeah, that's my guess. Ooh. Well, there's no information about it on the internet. Well, the information is it was the original. It was the ending of the book that this was based on. But I, who has the time to look at uh, that? Well, you know what? I do. Um, I don't. <laughs> well, actually. I, I don't. Too, but we should. We should do it. I went to Wikipedia to read the plot of the book, and I skipped to the end, and it was really similar to the movie. Oh. So I'm not sure. I know if anyone's read this book, yeah, mm. fill us in because it seemed like the book didn't seem that different than the movie. Like it didn't seem what I would call grim. So maybe the writers of the screenplay kind of like grimmed it up a little even more than the book or something. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's quite a mystery. And we did all kind of land on the fact that, and I hate to say this because, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, white gold, but I, she's not great at her job. Mm. She's got good cheekbones. Wait, she's also well. supposed to be 33 in the sucker. Okay. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, okay, so she, I, I made that same comment, like, is she supposed to be 33? But actually, she's supposed to be 33 at the beginning, because that's when they go to the reunion, and it's like the very late 80s. It's like 89 or something. Mm. And so she's supposed to be 33 there, because it was their 15-year reunion, something like that, when the kid gets gone. And then they fast forward 9, 10 years, and then I guess she's supposed to be technically age-appropriate. So, so yeah, there is a little... You have to kind of pretend she's 33 for a minute. Yeah, she's playing 33 for a significant amount of time, and that's not... Even with all the face work she's had done at the point in time that this that this film was shot, yeah. it's still not... That is a... That is not 33. I love Michelle Pfeiffer, but the late 90s, not a great Oof. time for her. Bad news bears. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lisa, so the thank lesson you. Is, oh, don't I'm sorry. Take your children to your high school reunion, <laughs> and if you do, don't take your eyes off of them because your high school nemesis might take one of them. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, imagine taking imagine taking a bunch of kids to a high school reunion. Can you? Oh. No, you oh. know, no way. Oh. There's a great moment in the film too, where they, you know, this is how they discover it, right? They they figure out where this they they track the kid. The kid's living with George, the Greek, 
and they go to George the Greek's house and they go in and he's got a picture of suicide lady, you know, fake mom on the mantle. There've got to be like better names for these people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry if I'm offending anyone. George the Greek, what does he bet on horse races? What's <laughs> um, you t- her you're, name you're, you're the one who's going to get canceled. Wait, what was her name? Her name was Cecil. Okay, so there's a picture of Cecil who's RIP on the mantle. And Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer looks at it and is like, is that Cecil? You know, and that's how they, and so that then cut to the next scene where Candy Bliss, a.k.a. Whoopi Goldberg, is explaining <laughs> exactly what happened, which seems so, I mean, preposterous. Everybody in the room's like, you're kidding me. And yes, we are all like, you're kidding me because this does not happen. Anyway. And she apologized for being a bad detective and not finding this sooner. Yeah. Well, I mean, who could have ever thought to look, you know, two streets away? <laughs> no, but Candy Bliss interviewed George, apparently. Uh, and, no, no. Well, no, no, she, yeah, no, she, she interviewed, interviewed Cecil. Cecil. Uh, apparently she sat in the same room with Cecil and didn't know she'd kidnapped the kid. And not only, it is kind of on Whoopi a bit. It's on Candy Bliss a little bit because not only is it revealed that she interviewed Cecil, but she interviewed Cecil in the home. So where was baby boy? But you Where know, was baby boy when she was interviewing? Child, you and the police are hot on your tail. You like put him in the crawl space of the basement or something. You sequester him away at least for the time being, and you say, "Go play Legos." <laughs> Mommy's got to talk to somebody, and they don't know, and and just say, "Don't make it, don't make any noise." Uh, Mommy's I, got a meeting. Go play Legos I, in the attic. I appreciate this defense, and also maybe that was part of what why his memory of that cedar chest was so strong because maybe she locked him in a cedar chest because there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole scene, Corey, where where the kid um, has a flashback memory because a sense memory a sense memory because he he smells the cedar chest, which brings him back to having been locked in a cedar chest during a hide and seek game. What is this? A rose for Emily? <laughs> there's a there's a Faulkner joke. Oh, those are always funny. <laughs> thank you so much lisa for bringing us to the oh. deep end of the ocean it was no, a treat. i'm gonna tell you thank you for purchasing this on vhs i might add ah uh, this yeah. is a vhs um, movie it was rusty dusty style. it was we rusty dusty. 99 style so um thank you actually yeah i spent a 50 <laughs> thanks, cents thanks on Michelle. that thanks treat thanks whoopee all right thanks candy bliss <laughs> all right we'll talk to you next time bye dude okay bye, bye. All right, Corey, you know what time Uh, this is. I like to challenge you on shit. This is not what's the shit, but this is what's the city slash pick a city. All right, you ready? Yep. I'm running my fingers across several cities, and I want you to tell me when to stop. Okay, come on. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Uh, Stop. Philadelphia. (laughs) <laughs> have we been here before y'all have we i don't think we've done philadelphia okay philadelphia and if you say philadelphia i'm gonna eh, yeah. i mean i was about to say philadelphia but most of m night Shyamalan's movies are shot in and are set in philadelphia the sixth sense unbreakable um signs takes place in pennsylvania outside the city yeah um the village likewise um I think Lady in the Water, I mean, when I say most of them, I mean genuinely like most of them. Uh, Old is like one of the first ones in recent memory that wasn't, in fact. Um, So, yeah, why don't we just go with The Sixth Sense just for for, uh, the the ease of it here. Is Um, he from Philadelphia, I assume? He is. He's a hometown boy, and um, he is such a hometowner that he shoots most of his movies in the city so he can go home every night uh, from the set, which is – 
you know, honestly, if you can swing that, might as well, right? Might as well. Might yeah. as well. Well, I'm sure there's a long list of other stuff, too. It there's seems like got that's to got to be a fairly film-centric city, I would uh, imagine. Rocky? So. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the, one of the, not the, but one of the first uses of a steady cam. Yeah. Uh, on that, on those steps. And I have, I have run those steps. Have you? No. I've never been to Philadelphia. Oh, well, there's a, there is a statue of Rocky right there by the steps. Yeah. And it is, you're right. That's a famous, very, very famous Philadelphia story there. Yeah. With a true, and actually true independent film. Exactly. From yeah. Sliced alone. So. Really, really a major phenomenon, obviously. One that continues to this day. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's a uh, pick a city. You got it. Good job. We'll maybe come back with some more details and uh, maybe some more interesting films. That there we didn't are a think. ton I'm of sure other things. There's a things. ton, ton. So yeah, good work. Thank you for listening to Sign Talks, where your own personal cinematic swell and babysitter. Okay, I don't know what this is a reference to. This is a reference to Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Okay, yeah. A movie that I saw like 25 years ago, maybe, and very rarely since. I saw parts of it at your place once because you had it on when I was over there one time. I forget the context. Maybe some sidewalk meeting or party of some sort. Um, I, I like to throw it on... Whenever I have the chance, because I love this film, actually. Yeah. And, of course, Swell is played by Christina Applegate. The babysitter is played by, I don't know. Some lady. Some woman. Um, but Isn't the, I, David I think Duchovny a, in this movie? Yes, David Duchovny plays a real sleazy bastard. Nice. And it's a. I think it's a really, really fun, outrageous film. And it culminates into... A you know this this is a film from I think the nineties mm-hmm. am I right about that yeah like the early early 90s. 90s. early nineties it feels like an eighties film but I believe it's from the early yeah yeah it is it's from the early nineties um, and it, it culminates into a fashion show yeah that's right the, the the climax of the movie is a fashion show in the backyard right yes yeah it's pretty it's pretty it has some pretty stellar moments so uh, yeah but this is this is not you know. This is not the part where we talk about films we've recently watched. This is actually the outro. So I should sit down and watch that from start to finish. You really should. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And the babysitter, of course, does a, a really great, nice old lady turn. Like pretty much the minute the mom, which the mom is hi, hyper uh, irresponsible. The mom's like, I'm going on vacation. You're, you kids take care of the house for the summer. You know, bah. for the summer. I'm gone. Right. For not for a weekend. I'm gone. Here's your babysitter. And the babysitter is like a nice old lady who's acting, you know, like, oh. And then the minute the mom takes off in the taxi, you know, she turns and is like, yeah, and it comes apart. So anyway, we were it, it's one of the few films I can say that you're like, look at that old lady. We're glad she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that as a, as a shared experience <laughs> in this film. Uh, but on that note, thanks to Revelator Coffee, our sponsor. Absolutely. Love you, Revelator. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. Thanks, Brad, for helping us. Absolutely. At Sidewalk Film. Sidewalkfest.com as well. Uh, that's where all the stuff coming up at the cinema. You can find information about that. Lots of fun stuff. We're hitting, We're entering spooky season after all. So a lot of horror movies. You heard about that in the last episode. Uh, but we've got some real fun things on the horizon. Yep, get ready. And we're r- running um, Lamb for two weeks. Oh, and we're excited about that H24 wait. title. What if there were a lamb? What if there were a lamb? What if it were your baby? <laughs> Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.